What's up, guys? Justin here, one of your co-hosts from the Gotcha Covered podcast. Today's episode is going to be Like a Stone by Audio Slave. Great song, great band. A song that both Corey and I really love. It means a lot to both of us. Chris Cornell, huge influence on both of us, I know that. Um, one of my all-time favorite musicians and just a huge influence. I love Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, all his projects are all, they're just amazing. But just want to say thank you to you guys again for listening to the podcast and all your support. Um, Corey and I check the analytics pretty frequently and we're getting a lot of good feedback from you guys. And um, like I always say, just feel free to DM our Gotcha Covered Instagram. Any feedback you guys have, um, if you guys want to hear a certain song or if you just want to give some feedback to us. We'd love to hear it. Still trying to grow on Instagram and on Patreon, which are both going to be linked in the description of the podcast. So keep that in mind. Yeah, um, this was a really fun one that we did. A very emotional song, but just also want to throw in, this one gets a little dark, and we do talk a little bit about, um, you know, passing of Chris Cornell how he took his own life, and, you know, we both talk about our past experiences, and just, we want to give you a heads up, it does get a little dark in this episode, but we really just wanted to, you know, give our tribute to Chris Cornell, so this one's dedicated to him, enjoy. Welcome to the Got You Covered podcast. My name is Corey, and this is Justin. And today we are talking about the song Like a Stone by the band Audio Slave. Yes, Audio Slave. One of my favorite bands um, with one of my favorite singers of all time. Let's see here. Where do we start? Where do we start? I don't even know. Um, where do we start? This song, so Like a Stone, uh, I believe it was off their, yeah, their first album, right? Yeah, first album, self-titled, Audio Slave, released yes. November 18th, 2002. 2002. So huh. you were two years old. I was two. I was two. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, remember when it came out. <laughs> Did you shit your pants? Yeah, shit. Yep. <laughs> shit my pants. <laughs> I was a teenager, Probably. and I think I shit my pants when this came out. Yeah. There's so, so many good songs on this album. Like, uh, It's crazy. This this record, um, I can't remember how many songs that are on here. There's a lot. I feel like there's like 16 songs on this album or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of songs. It kind of. I was listening to it. 
um, as I was getting set up here today. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, it starts off really strong. Yeah, Kochi, show me how to live. Yeah. Whatever. And it kind of lulls a little bit in the middle, but it, it comes right back up. Um, yeah. So many great songs. When this came out, I didn't know who Soundgarden really was. Mm-hmm. I kind of known Rage. But when the video for Kochi's came out, I remember watching it and mm-hmm. seeing Chris Cornell on the screen. And I'm like, this guy looks like rocking. And his voice was crazy. But I thought it was a Rage ripoff. I'm like, oh, it sounds like Rage. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what the Rage guys it, like really looked like. I was, I was fairly, you know, not like... I knew who Rage was. I kind of knew some of the videos, but I didn't really, I wasn't a huge Rage guy, and, and I didn't know what a lot of these bands looked like anyway. Um, so my first thoughts were like, oh, this is like the guitar player. He's totally doing the Tom Morello thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I felt stupid after. <laughs> but, I mean, the big difference and this is something that really helped me out. I mean, there's just no denying the talent and the unique, powerful voice of Chris Cornell. Yeah, I I I knew Soundgarden before I knew Audio Slave, and that's how I really, you know, I knew most of his Soundgarden stuff. Like some of those songs, he is just insane. Like the notes he gets up to, and like. He's just, a, it's, I think he is possibly like the greatest singer ever. <laughs> he Honestly, certainly is. Like, I think that, yeah, his vocal range, he's got like, like, I don't know what his range is exactly, but it's, it's massive. And then you listen to those early Soundgarden records. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's that one song I, I've watched? Uh, I think, I, I can't remember the name of the song, but I was just watching like their, their last concert. And they ended it. I think it's bulldozers and something. Does that? Ah, uh, s- yeah, slaves and bulldozers. Is that song crazy vocally? Because he's like, insane. Like is that, that song that? is insane. Yeah, Every, that's the one that's like with that bass intro. The bass, right? I think it's like, so. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does some crazy like shrieks. It's awesome, man. It. It's like eighties crazy. like crazy like metal vocals. Yeah. Um, but over like top grunge. of that Seattle thing, right? Grunge. Uh-huh. Yeah, the grunge era. I mean, if you're gonna look at the the Mount Rushmore of of grunge singers. <laughs> It's Lane. Lane Staley, right? Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. And I would also argue Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots. Uh-huh. Um, and Andrew Wood, who was from Mother Love Bone. Ah, um, yeah. Which is a little bit before my time. I, mm-hmm. I you know, but... As I've been kind of going through the Cornell stuff, uh-huh. I've been just trying to revisit as much of this stuff as I can. And 
the scene was thick, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. These bands made a lot of noise. Um, uh, yeah. And they filled the gaps in between what was commercially, you know, huge at the time and and the underground scene. These guys yeah. were just like kicking open the door with dirty boots on. They all have that similar like grunge sound, but every band, every one of those bands has like their own. They're unique in some way, you know. I was gonna ask you, uh, what out of those four bands, which one is your favorite? That's hard. That's really hard. I I have a really soft spot for the Stone Temple Pilots. Um, I I've always loved Scott Weiland's his lyrics and his like he wasn't the greatest singer like he wasn't a Cornell by any means but his choice of melodies I just I've I've always loved Scott Wyland's and but Cornell man like that's I'm I'm with you like he's he's probably one of the best rock vocalists of all time um yeah especially for our generation and you're in my generation I mean being a decade apart over a decade apart he's still you know he's got like probably three generations of fans that adore yeah. his voice what about you uh i i mean i love all of them those mm-hmm. four bands but i've always gone with soundgarden as my favorite like i love matt cameron yeah i was gonna awesome say they drummer. have matt cameron man like He's awesome. He's no like slouch. I, yeah. No, I feel like he doesn't get enough. He doesn't get talked about enough. Like some of their some of their stuff that's not like, you know, super popular. Mm-hmm. Like they do some really weird time signatures and like just weird stuff. Yeah, totally. That, it's yeah. funny too, actually, because when I first started watching your drum videos, yeah, I was like, it's like Matt Cameron playing Tool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cause I, like, I look, cause I just look like, like just him? the way that you play oh. and kind of like, you know, like the uh-huh. posture and, and everything. And maybe it's your build too, or, but yeah. like just kind of the way that you're, you're hitting things and stuff. I'm like, Oh, it's, I feel like I'm watching like a young Matt Cameron right now. Yeah. Just a tall skinny dude. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I, I, yeah, I, um, he's definitely been like an influence in terms of like his, just his like groove and stuff in some songs, you know? Yeah, I really, I just love, and I love his sound, like, his drum sound always sounds amazing. Like, I think he's got, if you ever seen them play, he's got those drums with the super, like, the thick rims on all the drums. Like the wood rims? The wood rims. Mm-hmm. Okay. So cool. So cool. Yeah, dude. I love, love watching that. it. Um, <clears throat> He was playing with Pearl Jam for, for, a, run, yeah. for a while there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I remember watching this Pearl Jam DVD. I'm here. I'm saying DVD again. DVD. Um, and there was a specific menu option for uh, the Matt Cam. Really? Yeah. And That's cool. It was the entire concert. Just him. But just on him. Oh, and what? I, <laughs> yeah, so cool, man. And I That's remember awesome. watching it. And that's the thing is, like, even as a guitar player, singer, whatever someone that does a lot of producing for my own work and 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 you know working with a couple other people i my favorite musicians are drummers 
They all, always has been, probably always will be. And I would sit there and I'd watch the Matt cam the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's awesome. And he's just whatever. <laughs> and it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't crazy like Danny Carey and Neil Peart per se. Right. Like, you know. Um, but he's just locked in. Like he but is. Locked. Yeah. Ton- <laughs> like intention. Yeah. Like every beater hit. Like just on. It wasn't like, you know. There was nothing weak about his playing at all. Um, yeah. How did you get into Soundgarden? It's a good question. I think the first time I ever heard of them was when I was pretty young, playing uh, playing Rock Band, Rock Band Two. You know the video game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Black Hole Sun was on there, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like I, you know. And then I don't know when. Probably, probably as I got older, maybe like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. I like I heard that song again, and then I kind of listened to more, and I heard like Spoon Man. Yeah, and that that brought me in. That's like one of my favorite songs. And then I just kept, I don't know I just kept digging through their catalog, and it just got better and better. Like they're just, they're just so good. <laughs> yeah, dude. So uh, good. I I see. This is where I'm fortunate because I didn't really get into Soundgarden. Um, I, I got into Audio Slave before I got into probably even Pearl Jam, really, like, mm-hmm. um, but I got into Audio Slave and it brought me to the world of Chris Cornell. I think that's my biggest takeaway from Audio Slave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still have yet to experience a lot of these Soundgarden songs, yeah. which is sweet because I'm always just like, I'll throw on, um. Uh, What's the what's okay? There's super unknown and bad Ooh. motor finger. Yeah, yep. like the two monster amazing records, amazing albums, very uh-huh. unique and just like crazy sounding records. <sighs> so good. Um, I I still I couldn't I couldn't name I couldn't tell you which single is off yeah. of super unknown and which one's off of bad motor finger. Like I'm so, yeah. you know, I don't know what's going on there. So I gotta mm-hmm. dive into that more. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's also Temple of the Dog. Did you listen to much of that? Uh, I believe I did. I just kind of I need to hear it again. I need a refresher. It's been a while, but yeah, that's I love that record, and that was dedicated to this Andrew Wood guy. I I've been kind of putting this together in my head over the last few days. But do you remember? Okay, of course you remember <laughs> the the Crooked Vultures <laughs> cover that we did, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yes. Of course. Uh, Okay, and I was talking about the guy, Alan Johannes, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that guy was in a band called Eleven. I just watched a documentary. I got to find the name of it. But it's a documentary on Alan Johannes. And Chris Cornell is in there a lot talking about him. Mm -hmm. Um. It's a it's a great documentary. I didn't realize the impact that this guy had on so many people, including Chris. <clears throat> and he, I think, produced or engineered or co-wrote or whatever on Chris's first record, Euphoria Morning. Um, and you can hear kind of just these influences that Alan kind of brought to everybody he worked with. Um, but... <clears throat> I think we got to go back to Audio Slave here. 
it's hard with Cornell because he's done so much. Um, yeah. But Audio Slave, it just kind of made Chris Cornell super accessible. And it made Rage super accessible, too, because Rage was always like, you know, we got to take the power back and like, <laughs> you know, very politically charged, um, super groovy, heavy and like really pockety. Um, mm-hmm. But there was when when Chris came into the picture with Audio Slave, it just made everything more melodic, deeper yeah. in a way, like it wasn't so on the nose as Rage was. Yeah, I always I always saw like Audio Slave just like Rage Against the Machine with a singer, you know, yeah, <laughs> not like a like 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 a rapper almost, you know. How did you get into Audio Slave? I think my friend told me about the song Cochise. I, that's how you say it, right? Cochise. I believe I so. Yeah. Yeah, I've never knew, but yeah, that was the first song I heard, and that was amazing. Then I think I think. I kind of just listened to that album, and I heard Like a Stone, Exploder, uh, Gasoline, like all those songs are just so good. And Gasoline it, is yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. I think that's like one of my favorite rock songs ever, not just yeah. Audio Slave. I think that song is so <laughs> yeah. badass. It is. They're, yeah, they're all badass. Like <laughs> That's just all Audio Slave, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, like there was so many kind of reoccurring words yeah. In in the Chris Cornell vocabulary of of his <laughs> lyrics, mm-hmm. you know some pretty dark ones, including the word dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, dog gets mentioned a lot, but then he would throw in these things like fire, gasoline, and <laughs> you know, rise. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, just like yeah. words that he would scream or sing, and just like these these simple words like yeah. gasoline i mean when you're just like burn it my gasoline yeah. like, <laughs> someone i'd never no one's ever sounded cooler saying like burning that gasoline than chris cornell <laughs> chris yeah or like a stone <laughs> yeah yeah so with all of that maybe we should get into yes the video the song <laughs> the video yeah. Shall um, we start? Lead the way here, Justin. Lead Kay. the way. Well, I think I think what everyone wants to know, including myself, uh, you know, how you approach the vocals in this one, because I know it's Chris Cornell, very difficult, and I know you were nervous going into it, and I was too. For I was nervous for you. No <laughs> you're offense. Like, you're like, what am I, I getting myself <laughs> into? <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah, so, like, what did you, what was the hardest part, and, like, how did you uh, go about replicating this, you know, this vocal? Okay, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yes. Because I need to talk you knew about it was coming. this and get it yeah. out of my head. Yes. This was the hardest vocal I've ever done in my life, <laughs> bar none, um, and barely got away with it. <laughs> barely. Just, I knew I could do it, I because... I know my range. I know my power in my range. And I was like, I can do this, but I got to figure out how and how to make this sound good and and not like ripping off Chris Cornell. Like I like to imitate as much as I can to kind of nod or whatever. Like that's kind of my thing with some of these covers is like I'll throw some of that character in if I can. 
the yeah. character that I I was trying to imitate during this was the mood of the vocal. So yeah, mm-hmm. with Chris Cornell, it's not only about the high, high, crazy, uh, you know, raspy vocals. It's mm-hmm. just as important. He has this way of singing sometimes where the words aren't fully enunciated and yeah. he kind of just croons his way like like was uh like the opening line he's like on a cobweb afternoon in a room full yeah. of emptiness it's like one <laughs> like yeah. word that's like you know so he does that I was a lot yeah sorry he does that a lot i think yeah it's it's all over the place in his singing style so I mean, that was one thing to try and get, as well as the high stuff. Now, I ended up watching a YouTube video. I got to get the guy's name. But if you just type in how to sing like Chris Cornell, (laughs) 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 this guy pops up, (laughs) and he had these really useful tips. So one of them was that to get into that high register, there's this trick where if you make a sound like a cat, like you're like, meow like that right (laughs) you're using this part of your voice it's not falsetto and it's not your chest it's kind of in your throat and you're using these resonant cavities (laughs) and if you put power behind that you get close you get chris cornell you get close to it (laughs) it's it's and it's just it's just the tonality of having some power behind the note mm. because that's the thing. It's like I could sing falsetto and hit all of these notes all day long. It's, that wouldn't be a problem. The problem is is that you got three instruments, a guitar, a bass, and mm-hmm. uh, the drums, and, and this voice that is supposed to cut through all this in a very specific and special way. So kind of picking up on that trick and just feeling how to execute it was mm-hmm. was one part. Yeah. And then a big thing I realized, because I was listening to the recording and trying to kind of identify the characters of the voice and the way it was recording, because now that we've been doing this for a while, I'll listen to effects and compression ratios and stuff like that. And, and what I realized with this song and this whole record actually is it, it is produced by Rick Rubin. So uh, with a lot of Rick Rubin recordings, you get this super compressed and very present vocal. You listen to um, "By the Way" by the Chili Peppers. Like Anthony's ah. voice is right up front. Mm-hmm. It's well mixed and balanced and everything, but the vocal is very present. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time that I actually really used. Uh, compression as a very necessary tool to try and execute a vocal Um, Mm. because if I didn't I would have completely blown my voice out yeah especially with the ending the 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 choruses were super easy uh, but the ending the ending with all those high jumps yeah he goes high up Mm -hmm. that was the hardest part Um, Mm -hmm. and I felt ridiculous because my wife and my grandma are upstairs watching like the notebook <laughs> or, or something and i'm sitting down here going like, like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so 
And then there was like one harmony in the song where he's doing his Cornell thing again, where he's like, or whatever. So thankfully, only one harmony and not a hard one. Like he wasn't doing anything higher than what he already was. Oh my God. That'd be crazy. So that was. That was the thing. And I was like, I had you in mind because I'm like, 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 I can't just say I can't do this now. Like, I'm in. I'm committed. I got to. Yeah, because it was all done. <laughs> we threw t- we threw the instrumentals together in like a day. And, you so, know. so fast. Yeah. And that was the thing. I was like sitting there like just like kind of biting my nails going like, oh, God, like this is what happens to me every single time we go to do a cover and the vocal starts to happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God. And it took me days to, like, get ready to do it. I was like, ah. Because not only do I want it to be good for right. for what you and I do, but we're talking Chris Cornell, the best rock singer of all time, who we lost in one of the most tragic ways. And I really wanted it to be a tribute, you know, yeah. more than a cover even. I mm-hmm. wanted it to be like, this is my attempt to get as physically close to doing this as I can with my ability that is nowhere yeah. close to what his was and so so yeah it it would the pressure was on I wanted it to be special I wanted it to be special for us I wanted it to be special for fans of Chris Cornell and Audio Slave so yeah yeah well lots of pressure <laughs> def- yeah definitely lots of pressure for you uh yeah, because, I, I mean, when you said, oh, let's do Like a Stone, I was like, yeah, I love that song. But I was like, can you sing that? Like, <laughs> um, But then when I heard you do it, when I when you sent it to me, I was like, like wow. He, like, he actually pulled it off. <laughs> uh, well, you know? I'm glad you're happy with it because... Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Because I was waiting for... Like, I'm just picturing you on your end of things. Going like, okay, All right. here we go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, vocals, super intimidating, all in all. What about for, for you with this? Because you did drums and bass. And I did. something that I really noticed when we were kind of putting the puzzle together, I'm like, oh, this beat is like really upbeat for 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 this for you know just the way the vocal is sung the vocal's almost sung halftime from the beat or, or something i don't know but it's yeah. like the the beat is like the quickest thing in the song and then the bass kind of like makes it feel slow yeah um so what what was the what was this process like for you for for drums and guitar cuz this is this is a different style of drumming from some of the stuff that you normally yeah. do right yeah um so this was i mean most of brad wilk the drummer uh most of his stuff is like just super super basic just what you know what the song needs pretty much just like a driving backbeat you know pocket town yeah yeah exactly um this one is you know no different uh i like this one is just straight through you know like super tight and locked in um so yeah i did the drums first before bass 
and I added, you know, a little bit of my own fills and stuff. I noticed. In there, just because I wanted to spice it up a little bit. Like, I can't help myself, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, especially at the end, I think I threw in some cool fills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was doing vocals, and I'm like, oh, okay. I, That's I not in the you. recording. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the drums were straight, pretty straightforward. I mean, just I guess the hardest part was staying locked in. You know, with the recording, because it's so, like you said, it's so tight and so, like, upbeat, you know? Uh, But, yeah, I think the bass is pretty interesting. It's like a, it's an interesting bass line. It's very, very simple, but, like, kind of flows around the beat, you know? Like, in weird yeah. places, like, upbeats. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. Like, do, 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 mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Um, And it has, like, those little dead notes, too, in, in the groove which I really like. Yeah, totally. Do you find doing a song like that where it is so basic and kind of just like like uh, meat and potatoes, mm-hmm. do you find that hard or boring? or? Um, Not boring because, yeah, don't, not boring. Like sometimes it's nice to not be playing, you know, seven over 45 polyrhythm or whatever. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> And it's good to just play, like, a steady beat and just, like, just kind of just jam, you know? <laughs> like, play Totally. Beat. Yeah. And, like, and I liked this one because I could add my own fills, which is good, which was good. Um, so, I, I enjoy a cover, you know, like this once in a while. I bet. It's got to be just kind of, like, a little bit, like... It's just a relief, know. you know? It's like, <laughs> I usually get it in, like, one take rather than, like, you know, eight <laughs> or something, so. Like, it's probably one of those things where you're sitting there and you're just like, I should get a new stool. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, you just start, like, thinking about seriously. other things instead of, like, the next, I really know. do. Like, that's, that's the truth. I'll be playing just like on autopilot, and I'm just thinking about like, oh, what should I buy next? Oh, I'm get hungry. like a new. Yeah, I'm hungry. Chick Fil A. I need to go Chick Fil A now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I loved, I loved getting. I always love getting your tracks, but uh, this was so cool because yeah, there is this relationship between the bass and the drums on this that uh, just make up the whole foundation of this thing yeah. like everything yeah. that tom morello was doing in this is just accenting and embellishing like you could do this song with just the drums the bass and the vocal and it would still sound absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. there's yeah. enough um supportive instrumentation between the drums and the bass alone yeah. where you could put his vocal on top and it would sound just great yeah, um, and I really like how the guitar and bass line up with each other. That's like the, the rage thing, line, you know? Right? Yeah, it's, like, so weird. Like, I don't know. They're just, like, against each other almost. <laughs> yeah, and like that's kind of the language of, of music for the most part, right, is this call and answer mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then it's the voice of many coming together as, as and, yeah. you know, like the, the, the whole rage thing. Or yeah. coaches, like, 
the guitar, so the good. bass, and yeah. the drums are all like very well aware of where the one is, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, yeah. I just it's cool because it's like da da boom, you know, like the bass slide is kind of in between the guitar notes. Yeah, very cool. Um, but I think we should discuss the guitar tone and the solo. Cause that <laughs> turned out really good. <laughs> How did you that was uh, fun. get this? Get, yeah. <laughs> How did you get the the tone for you know guitar? Um. Okay. What did I do? This was actually pretty sweet because I got to use uh, a pedal. I I once we started doing these covers, I upgraded a lot of my my pedal stuff. So I got uh, yeah Line Six HX effects. Line six HX effects. If anybody's listening from line six, um, <laughs> I also got uh, Dunlop 535Q Wah. And one of the coolest pedals out of the bunch was this thing by Ernie Ball, which is uh, expression tremolo pedal. So mm-hmm. it's like a volume pedal, and the more you ramp up, the quicker the tremolo rate gets. So I was like, oh, I, 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 and mm-hmm. uh, so that was basically on the entire song when I was doing the guitar. So you mm-hmm. had this nice tremolo thing, and I think I was going into like Tom Morello. From what I understand, he just uses like a a, a Marshall fifty watt head mm-hmm. um, into like a PV four twelve cabinet, mm-hmm. and he's been using that same rig since forever like mm-hmm. he has a couple pedals and and that and these weird guitars um mm-hmm. i use my moreland guitar again did the job fine um and for an amp sim just to kind of get close to that marshall thing i think i used i either used the diesel just like on the clean channel with a with maybe a had like a distortion pedal going into it mm-hmm um actually i think i used no i used okay the expression tremolo going into the hx effects and i was using a drive off there and then just going into a clean amp on i think it was the diesel i'm gonna say it's the diesel because i want them Mm -hmm. to give me sponsorship too so yes (laughs) diesel um and yeah so i just left that on the whole time uh, timed the tremolo as best I could with, <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. actual track. And that was pretty easy. Nice. Um, and then the yeah. solo. I mean. Solo. Solo was super fun. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I used the whammy pedal. So you can yeah. see on the pedal cam footage, my super Adi- awesome, Adidas nice features. looking... Adidas shoes were, you know, so ever uh, gently rocking the whammy pedal. Mm-hmm. So for this, the whammy pedal was set to two octaves up. So you got your original note, and then when you press the pedal up, it just like, um, and that is such a huge element to Tom Murillo's thing. Um, yeah. Every solo. So that was whammy pedal. <laughs> going into a drive pedal and then a, a, a delay and that was it 
the tricky part with that solo is that Tom Morello uses this whammy thing so much that yeah, the way that he's riding the whammy pedal is very crucial to how this solo comes off. So I had to I that took a a, a couple cracks and some like careful listening because it's not just like like it was you really had to ease into the notes sometimes just like like a violin was kind of like going so that took a little bit of work but yeah super easy um once you kind of got the hang of how you're supposed to use that pedal and and whatever and i've been using a whammy pedal for for a long time now. I think Tom Morello is probably the one that got me into it, you know? Yeah. Like so many of us. He was he was the one that popularized it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I just remember when you sent me the solo and I was like I couldn't believe how, how close to the original it was. <laughs> Thanks, man. It was uh it's yeah. it's one of the easier Tom Morello solos to play, to be honest. I mean yeah, <laughs> a lot of the time you really need to have one of his guitars to get that solo. Like, um, yeah, what's that song by Rage? Sleep now in the fire. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the solo on that said, right? And you need that guitar with that pickup. Yeah, going through his amp and his cabinet. Because it's all feedback based, and it's like mm-hmm. he's like kill switching and using feedback, uh, yeah. and and then like his whammy bar, and it's just it's such a weird thrown together guitar that it's probably the only rig that can do that perfectly, mm-hmm. and him of course. You have to be Tom Morello to achieve that. Yeah, or Mom Torello. <laughs> Mom Torello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and I was gonna ask you. Uh, was this song in drop D on guitar too? No, standard. Oh, I was in drop D. On bass? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if I was supposed to be. I didn't need to be. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I wonder why. I mean Oh well I, I the bass the bass has the low D. Okay. That's probably why. But yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Ah, I had no idea the bass was tuned D. Yeah. Um, and then there was for the bridge. No, no, the acoustic guitar. Um, the acoustic guitar, which that's where you hear the Chris Cornell in Audio Slave is the the chords that happen in that bridge. Mm -hmm. Because you never ever hear Tom Morello doing yeah. chords half the time like it's always yeah. like single note and like kind of riffs and yeah um and then all of a sudden you get to this bridge and there's like the seventh chords and these switches from major to minor which mm-hmm. i mean that's that's the beauty of audio slave is like they kind of married chris cornell's songwriting <laughs> with their their backbone and riffage and you know, so it made for a pretty athletic group musically. I really like those. Those chords are really cool. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. Like they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I eh, beautiful music. <laughs> always. Yeah. The combination yeah. of the melodies and 
I mean, this song is dark when you look yeah. at it lyrically. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy sitting there waiting to die, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, you know, which yeah. is really sad. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of talk about death in the lyrics. Like, yeah, he's always he was always, I mean, without getting too heavy here, I mean, if it's not known, it should be mentioned that we, we lost Chris Cornell to suicide. He, uh, you know, something involving his mental health and some medication issues and that all got chalked up to to him committing suicide after a Soundgarden show in Detroit in, was it May, May 18th? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, and he was 52 years old. Uh, super, Sucks. super tragic. And there was a lot of people that were speaking, you know, like that. They said Chris has always had this kind of... <clears throat> closeness to to the beyond and and to death like he was singing about it more often than than not you know Mm -hmm. especially different stages of his life or career um and this song was no different from that kind of color of his Mm -hmm. of his music and i gotta say out of all the covers that we've done this was the most emotional for me I I really, as I was singing the words and reading them, because, you know, I I had to, like, I don't know. I've always kind of known the lyrics to this song, just to make sure I was getting them right. I I read through them and everything, and I was just, like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I was like, this is, it's so unfortunate. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunate. It's really sad. It's, yeah, very, very, like, very sad like lyrics and I think out of all the songs we've done this is just like out of all the songs you know that we've chosen this is definitely the most emotional song even before you know darkness kind of took him away I always thought this song was pretty sad Mm -hmm. beautifully sad me too which is a thing that happens in music more often than not these this kind of torture that happens Mm -hmm. in an artist's mind or and it does, doesn't even have to be an artist. It could just be a human, a person, you know. They can be yeah. in these kind of destitute spots. And, and he poured it out yeah. enough to make me feel it and, and kind of just, I don't know. I think my takeaway from, from that, I don't know. I don't know what my takeaway from that is. I guess that it exists and it's real. And it's something to kind of, you know, be aware of, whether it's within yourself or other people, Um that people can be going through things even if they express them so beautifully like i like this was a radio hit song and so was mm-hmm. black hole sun and mm-hmm. so was so many other songs of his that were just <laughs> dark so and dark sad uh-huh. i think at the end of the day uh chris cornell gave us something incredibly beautiful and i think for the most part probably got him through a lot even though you know, dark things got him in the end. I, I, I believe that that he did get a lot from his music and so do did a lot of other people. And and I certainly did well while we were covering this, I was just like, I feel you, man. I I totally feel you. Uh mm-hmm. so Yeah. I don't know. Say something get get me off this train here. <laughs> I'm I'm going right. too dark. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. 
so I'll talk about the video editing. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this one was pretty simple. I mean, for the most part, because there was not five guitar tracks videos like some other bands that we know. Um, <laughs> this one had just you know guitar, bass, drums, bridge, solo. Um, yeah, so I just had the split screen. I usually just edit the split screen all the way through, you know, us four on the screen. And then I go in and and change any parts where I want to, like, change the format of us on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I only did that a few times in this one because I didn't want to – I don't – it didn't need to be done a ton. Like, I just did it during the chorus and, you know, for, like, the acoustic bridge where it's just, just you, vocals and acoustic. That's my favorite um, part. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I bet it is. I bet it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then um, the toughest part was that blinking thing I did where, you know, I put Chris picture of, like, <clears throat> an artwork, you know, of some artwork of him yeah. behind us. And, you know, during that build up, like, the um, every hit. I made us get bigger and blink. Yeah. Kinda. Right on beat. Uh, yeah, which w- took a while to line it up perfect. <laughs> I actually had to – I wanted each each picture to be in the same spot as each other, like in relation to each other like okay. on the screen. So I had to look at the pixels of of where each one was placed for each cut and line it up perfectly, like X and Y axis, you know? No way. Yeah, like x-axis, negative 460, and y, 280, and I had to make it line up perfectly. So you had to break out a calculator and be like, okay, if I just reroute the encryption. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that intense. Like, Final Cut Pro has it on there, like x-axis, y-axis. Okay. So, yeah, I was calculating where to put it. (laughs) You get Um, on the whiteboard, you're like, ah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was cool, um, and that was the hardest part of it. But you know, it it turned out it turned out pretty good, I think. That was such a nice touch, man. Because you're like, mm-hmm. okay, what do you think of this? And mm-hmm. of course, like I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah. like I couldn't yeah, I really envision it, it, right? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. but I trusted you, of course, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and and when it turned out, like it was great, and I loved the picture that you that you used. Um, I think that's, I was just, uh, as I was just kind of getting prepped here today, I was looking for some Chris Cornell vinyls and, and I saw one, um, that, that picture is on, on, on the vinyl and I think it's such a good shot. I think Um, that was the Chris Cornell vinyl, right? Just like every song he's like a compilation. Yeah. It's huge. It's like, it's basically, I think two vinyl discs that span from the beginning of his career to Soundgarden to Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave, solo stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just everything. He did a Bond soundtrack, didn't he? Didn't he do a theme for a Bond? He did. He did. Yep. Soundgarden did. Soundgarden did it? Mm-hmm. Or they did. I think they did it for like Spider Man or something. Wait, let me. I'm, I'm gonna look. Because they had that. I've been away for too long. Yeah. Like, yeah. But and the the Bond one was here we go. Uh, you know my name. Ah, uh, so they did one for Avengers. Yeah, 
Ah, sweet. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite Avenger? Batman. <laughs> no. My favorite Avenger probably uh I like I like the Hulk. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think the Hulk likes Chris I think, Cornell? I think he does. I think he listens to him a lot. Makes sense. But I think I embody the Hulk, you know. Yeah. Like, we have similar similar body types. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay so and i like the i like the picture you use at the end of the video too like i said this was ah yeah just kind of turned into tribute right so yeah yeah it's and it's you know what man it's impossible to find a bad picture of chris cornell yeah this guy always just looks cool (laughs) yeah he does he does (laughs) yeah like bedhead it doesn't matter. It's Chris Cornell. <laughs> the guy, he was so cool. Don't you dare. Yeah. Um. Okay. What else do we got here? What else do we? Do you have anything you want to talk about or add or? What do we got here? I think we pretty much covered everything about the video and the song. Yeah, I think so too, man. I mean, it's Audio Slave. It's Chris Cornell. It's Tom Morello. Tim Comerford. Yeah. Brad Wilk. Yeah. Produced by Rick Rubin off the first record. Like, that first record just came out so hot and did so well. Um, and it's it's kind of what, I don't know. I, I, I was just, I, I wish I could have seen Audio Slave or Chris Cornell. I, I hadn't seen either. I, I have know. you seen Soundgarden or anything? Nope. I really, I wish. I really wish. Because I was really into them after he passed away. Okay. Which, which you know, that sucks because I, if I had been into them, you know, back twenty fifteen or whatever, I would have definitely gone to see them because they're awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess this pretty much sums it up. Um, you know, given the nature of Chris Cornell's passing and everything, I would just like to say that if anybody's listening out there, um. I mean, it is, it's the whole mental health um, aspect of Cornell's death is a very real yeah. thing. And it affects yeah. so many. And even though it might be affecting someone directly, it can also it, it, it can also have just as big, if not a bigger impact on the mental health of those around. So if, yeah, you know, sure. if, if you have a family member or something like that, that is going through crisis, uh, it can be very, you know, challenging, um, yep. and, and tough to watch someone go through their own struggles. It's not something that just affects one individual. It affects everybody <coughs> kind of in the yeah, vicinity around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing in Canada, um, something that I've called before, um, when I had a, uh, um, uh, you know, a person close to me that was going through crisis is there's this, uh, helpline called the Gerstein crisis center. Uh, phone number is 416-929-5200. And basically this is, can be used for someone that is going through crisis or someone on the outside that is watching someone else 
go through crisis. <clears throat> uh, yeah. yeah, it might it might be the kind of thing where like, listen, I'm, I got something going on here with my friend. I gotta like, what do I do? And they can help direct. Um, another resource here in Canada, um, uh, and they have two hospitals. I think two or three locations in Toronto. Um, is CAMH, which is the Center for Addictions and Mental Health. Um, mm-hmm. And these are hospitals and places that are safe zones for people experiencing <coughs> anything mental health related. So if it's suicide or psychosis or, or, or just, you know, very challenging times for mental health and addiction, you can uh, make an appointment with CAMH. I think with you know, pandemic stuff right now, it is tricky, but there are resources online for those going through something or anybody that has someone close going through this, you might be able to find answers on, on how to approach, um, uh, you know, getting help for yourself or a loved one. Uh, is there anything you can talk about for your region of the world? I'd like to, you know, share this number. This is just the National Crisis Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Mm-hmm. And this number is 800-273-8255, uh, you know, 24 hours, and it's always available to anyone. And I'll just say, especially during, like, this, you know, this pandemic, I think it can be challenging, too, um, to be so isolated and just, like, quarantined, stuck at home, stuck at home every single day. Uh, so it can be tough, but I just would say don't hesitate to call that, you know, that line or any other resource if you're, you know, in a crisis or something. Right. Thanks, Justin. No problem. Um, yeah. So there are, there is help out there. Um, one thing that has, I I mean, I've had to go through my own therapies and mental health, uh, um, you know, assertions, um, over time. Uh, beginning a pandemic was really tough for me um, as as many people Um, one thing that I do find that kind of helped a lot was actually um, having something to focus on creatively sometimes we're not always in the best position to be able to do that or to get to that point of you know pushing ourselves to do something that might alleviate some kind of tensions or stresses or Mm -hmm. or you know afflictions um but i mean collaborating with you has been really great because it's just it's it's something it's creative it's collaborative and it's expressive so i think now is a good a time as any to reach out because essentially you and i like we just kind of reached out and got in contact with one another you know and it turned it turned into this which is super positive and 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 a lot of fun um Mm -hmm. and so i'm just saying to people like uh don't be afraid to reach out because you never know you know what could come out of it (laughs) yeah i mean i've had a lot of people during this pandemic like reach out trying to do like collabs Mm -hmm. and i think there's this is you know there's more virtual collabs happening than ever just because it's what ha- it's the only way to do things now. <laughs> but I mean, I would say just 
there's so many musicians out there and with this technology we have like instagram that's how we started you know interacting mm-hmm. like definitely take that opportunity and like you could find like we i mean we have a perfect chemistry i feel like mm-hmm. p- like playing wise and, and same music taste so mm-hmm. you could definitely find someone you know it's like it's like a it's like match or tinder with musicians <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they need to make something like that yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah so, okay well yeah. that's awesome um is there anything else you want to say or add about audio save or the people like or or anything or no i always just say thanks for listening uh and audio slave is amazing yeah and don't forget that all matter is energy condensed to a slow vibration (laughs) (laughs) all right and i will (laughs) say good day to everybody um thank you justin thank you audio slave rest in peace chris cornell yes Um, rest in peace and uh and thank you everybody for for watching the videos um, yep. And listening to the uh, podcast, I wish I could say that we're getting reviews and I, we could read some comments, but this this isn't published yet. Um, so mm. as we go on, I'm sure we'll figure out a way to do that. But I yeah. I'm gonna make an assumption here and and assume that's what an assumption is um, that that people are enjoying this. Yeah. In fact, I know people are enjoying this because I've sent it to a couple of friends, just saying like, "Hey, give me some feedback here." Like, um, mm-hmm. and we've had all positive feedback except the one guy that hates that that, or, you know, the one guy that doesn't want Corey to ever sing Tool ever again. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Um, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think this is it, buddy. This cool. has been so fun. I can't wait to do. I I, I want to do more audio save or or more Cornell. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it it'll be tough, but I want to do more of it. I love this music. To all the audio save fans out there, I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, rock and roll. Rest in peace, Cornell. And I think that's about it. Do you wanna Do you wanna take us out here, Justin? Yeah. So we're going to play the video for you guys now. Check out all of our hard work, and we hope you enjoy. <laughs> we're going to play the track now because uh, it, vi- it doesn't go true. with the video. There's no video. <laughs> You're right. There's a link to the video. All right. I'm sure I should say that. All right. All right. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna, we're gonna play the audio for you now, and there will be a link to the video for you to check out on YouTube on my <laughs> YouTube channel and yes enjoy <laughs> right on take care everybody
Whoa! 